What's up, guys? Welcome to SAC, the podcast, episode two. I'm your guest, I mean host, Ankur Vontaru. I'm with Arv Karam, Arya Lakshman, and Arnav Ganamani. And today's episode will be about week 13's hot topics, fantasy sits and starts, and key games of the week. So let's get right into it. So for the first hot topic of the day, who would you guys rather have, Metcalf or McLaurin? Um, I'm going to start off here. I don't think this is too controversial of an opinion because I, this could be popular, I don't know. Um, I would much rather have DK because while right now I feel like McLaurin is much more athletic, people compare DK to Hercules. Like that's, that's a huge thing, first of all, right? Like just last game, last game um, against, uh, who did he play? The Eagles. He had 10 receptions for 177 receiving yards. 17.7 yards per reception. And the Seahawks got the dub. So he was the player of the game. He had the biggest impact. And honestly, if besides Russ, he's probably their best player on offense, right? And quite frankly, I just see DK having a much higher cap, like potential-wise, than Terry McLaurin. Yeah, um, Arnav, uh I have to agree with you. Um, it's very close. I I will I will take Metcalf. I mean, he's a game changer. He can, he can change a game in an instant instant, as we've seen so far in this twenty twenty NFL season. I mean, he doesn't really have the natural catching talent that McLaurin does, but he is like a physical specimen. I mean, six four, two seventy seven two. 227 pounds, 1.6% body fat. Um, his com- his combine stats are really good too. They pop off the board. 43340, 27 reps of 225 pounds, 40.5 vertical. I mean, like Arnav said, he's he's Hercules, you know? And not to mention that early in the season, he's dominated cornerbacks among the likes of Stefan Gilmore, Xavier Howard, Tredavious White, and Darius Slay. I mean, not many other wide receivers can have that on their resume. Plus, he rules the NFL in stats. I mean, he leads the NFL in receiving yards, and he's fifth in touchdowns. Plus, I feel like he also has more potential because of his better surroundings. I mean, Ron Rivera is a good coach for the Redskins, but that doesn't beat Brian Schottenheimer, the offensive coordinator for the Seahawks, and Pete Carroll, who he all know well so i mean that makes sense because arnav already said that dk metcalf has a higher ceiling more potential so yes i will take metcalf it's it is it's really close though yeah or what are your takes on this so i totally agree with you on the fact that dk is in the better surrounding he's in a better system than terry mclaurin that brings me to my next point which is terry like you need to be in the right system for you to do well. And Terry has shown that even even though he's not in the right system, even though he's on a pathetic team, the Washington football team, he's been putting up monster numbers. And look at look at the circumstances he's in. I'm I'm pretty sure he had four quarterbacks over his entire career, and DK Metcalf has had one, which is Russell Wilson. And Russell Wilson is arguably the number one quarterback. So you need to account all the factors, and uh, Terry McLaurin also, as I think you touched on this earlier, uh, he's a much better catcher, catch passer. 
Uh, DK drops a lot of balls. I, I can uh, recall one from yesterday, the Eagles uh, Seahawks game, where where DK Metcalf dropped an easy touchdown. Like top receivers don't do that in the league. Top receivers don't drop balls like that. That's just that's just not characteristic of a top receiver. And DK also he he has a much better quarterback. Like I said earlier. And although he might be a bigger body and he might ha- be a physical specimen, you don't need to always be a physical specimen. You, you need to be simple. You need to do, uh, do well in the simple things like catching, route running, all that. It, I don't care if you're a physical specimen. You need to do your job as a receiver, ca- and that's catching passes. And also, uh, oh yeah, I mentioned route running. DK is... I saw him run a few slants yesterday. He's he actually leads the league in uh, slant routes. Not not leads the league, but he's top five. I'm pretty sure. But other than slant routes and um, uh, streaks, he doesn't have very. Uh, he's not very diverse in his route running. And also, whenever I watch him, he's not very fluid in his releases. That's something Terry McLaurin is the, at the top of his league. Uh, pro, I would say top six, a top six route runner in the league, Terry McLaurin. And DK Metcalf isn't very fluid out of releases. So I think Terry McLaurin, like, if you account all the factors that a, a wide receiver um, should have, Terry McLaurin by far is a better quarterback, a better uh, wide receiver. Um, I, I'm not going to lie. I do agree with you on, like, almost all your points. But when I think about it, I see, like, Terry McLaurin as the better receiver for maybe for maybe, like, this year and next year. But like you were saying, like, it doesn't matter how well built you are physically. It matters if you do the simple things well. And I do agree. Metcalf has been dropping some like potentially game-changing passes, but he's also clutched up in big moments, like again, like the Vikings game. That. Um. But like, yeah, back to the whole simple like stuff. Part of being as well as well built like, as he is that gives you a higher cap and higher potential when it comes to the simple things also. Like, I do, like, if DK works hard, like, as hard as he's working right now, I definitely see him, see him and his route running going up, like, a lot more. You know? So that can you say the same for Ty- uh, Terry McLaurin? Yeah, exactly. I can't can you see the same? I can, but the only difference is Terry McLaurin is not, is nowhere near as well built as him. So he doesn't. You don't need, but wide receivers don't yeah. need to be built like a like a LeBron James. Bro. I know wide receivers are not meant true. to be like that. That's true. That is true. Like I agree with you. But the thing is, they will both Im- they will both improve. They're both in their second year. They both have extremely high caps. Very talented. Um, only difference is when you're as well built, when you have the great diet, the great mindset, and like all that stuff. All those factors they just give you a higher cap. Like for all we yeah, know, also for a quarterback too. Yeah, so. that, that's no, but uh, the thing is, uh, things in an organization can snap really. I mean, uh, change really quickly, like in an instant, in like a year. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. In a year from now, the Washington football team yeah. could actually be playoff contenders. Nothing, no one knows. Nothing like, man, their QB situation yeah, could go from trash to like top in the league. Yeah, so. exactly. Nothing is guaranteed, but like, if we're just basing it off, like, like in just my opinion, I feel like. DK could be better if the Seahawks stay the same and the Redskins, or the, Redskins the football team stay the same, you know? Yeah, I, I know. Yeah, that's... I, I agree, but that's just not how the NFL works these days. Oh, well, yeah, yeah. I mean, it never, it never worked like that. <laughs> you can't you can't predict the Redskins becoming... Yeah, you can't really predict, Seahawks but, like, as yeah. of now, like, I would take Terry McLaurin by far. And, and He's the most... Like, he, 
thing is, um, I feel like, let's say DK was drafted in 2015. Let's say DK, I think Tyler Lockett was drafted in 2015. Not sure. Let's say DK was in his was in his uh, draft class. Then let's say that both Terry and DK were drafted back then. Then I I will completely agree that Terry has a much higher cap, like much higher um, potential. Because back then, Seahawks, the Seahawks play calling was extremely vanilla. It was mostly run, 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 and then pass on like end of games, you know. But this whole, like this this new like uh, I can't talk. Let Russ cook campaign. It gets messy, but when it's done just right, it's perfect for all the receivers, including Russ himself. Yeah, well, they did go they to uh... last game. Yeah. Also, also DK does have Tyler Lockett, like you mentioned. Yeah, he... Tyler as uh, a wide receiver. Like uh, DK Metcalf has t- uh, Tyler Lockett, right? That that takes away um uh like double um double coverage. Yeah, double coverages from DK Metcalf. Whereas That's Terry McLaurin is always, uh, not always, but like most routes he's double covered. Yeah, he's their main guy, right? I'm not yeah, sure. he's he's the only guy like uh d- defenses have to worry about when facing the Washington football team. So yeah, that's fair. That's that's true. That's true. Yep. So. For our next question, I feel like this isn't talked about enough. Are the Saints better off with Taysom Hill or Drew Brees for this season? Uh, Aria, would you like to go? Uh, yeah, sure. Um, I'll start on this one. Uh, my opinion is that Drew Brees is going to be way better for the Saints this season. I mean, um, as we know, the end of the season and the playoffs is just around the corner. And Drew, I th- Drew is the better op- better option for the scenario. I mean, he's a better game manager and he's more clutch, which will definitely help in the playoffs. And Taysom Hill doesn't even have any playoff experience. I mean, that that in itself says something, you know. Um, and I feel like the offense functions better with Breeze. I mean. See, with this um, current takeover of Taysom Hill, I feel like this offense has kind of been, it's kind of hard to gauge because, I mean, if you look at Alvin Kamara, one of the, like the best running backs in the league, he's known for his, like, uh, he, he's known for, he's known for his um, great ability to run the ball and also catch the ball, you know, but in the, pa- in the past three weeks, um, without Drew Brees, uh, Alvin Kamara has, has been held to a, a significant minimum. Uh, versus the 49ers, um, he rushed for 8 attempts, 15 yards. Versus the Falcons, he had 13 attempts for 45 yards. And versus the Broncos, he had 11 attempts for 54 yards. Clearly, Taysom Hill is taking away um, the opportunities of Alvin Kamara. I mean... And what, how many rushing touchdowns has Taysom Hill gotten over the past few weeks? Like four? I mean, that's, that says enough. Um, plus, I feel like this offensive style has like switched very dramatically from a, more of a pass-oriented offense with Drew Brees, more of a run game with Taysom Hill. And I feel like this offense, by the, ti- by, by the time um, the playoffs, it'll become one-dimensional like the Ravens and Lamar Jackson and not to mention that injured 49ers defense a very bad Falcons defense and also an injured Broncos defense aren't very good so 
being productive as a Saints offense against those defenses isn't anything impressive. So I feel like so you talked about the, the production of so you talked about the production of Alvin Kamara going down, right? Yeah, but but they do have another. You know, you know they have another right in Latavius Murray, right? Latavius Murray, bro. I mean, Latavius Murray. Bro, did you not see his stats last game? Again. Did you not see his stats, dude? Just because one running back's production goes down doesn't mean the running game is ineffective. That game, there's not how, one running back on the team. Integral. Alvin Kamara is to the Saints offense. That's okay, bro. Alvin Kamara has down games. Can I chime in? It's 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 fine if one player. Yes, that's true, Anchor. It's it's okay if one player does not play as well. It only matters as long as the backup or the other players. Yes, it's a run game as a collective. Yeah, there's it's not a it's a team sport, not an individual. Yeah, it's not like one star player has to perform well every week. Like like I've seen this with Boston Scott. Like I'm not saying he's any like Alvin Kamara, or and Miles Sanders. Like, Boston Scott takes over some games. Like, that's just kind of, like, an example. But Latavius Murray did take over the game. It's not like the run game was, like, like non-existent that game. Like, that, that's, not, that's nowhere near their, like, one of their issues. But imagine, how, but imagine how much greater the offense can be if Alvin Kamara operates fully functionally. That's okay. That's, sometimes he has down games. Uh, obviously, the run game wasn't, was actually working because... Latavius Murray was very effective that game. Um, I, I think Alvin Kamara just had a down game. I don't think Taysom Hill is affecting that run game at all. Like, yeah, yeah. Uh, one thing, one question for Aria. I don't get the correlation between Alvin Kamara and Taysom Hill. How does that affect anything? Well, I mean... That's a good point. Yeah. Good point. You also yeah. brought up the Broncos and all the injured teams. The Broncos have actually been ranked the 11th best uh, borderline top 10 defense, which is very surprising. And if Taysom Hill can drop 30 points, 30 plus points on uh, the Broncos, and also a very much improved uh, Falcons defense, you saw them shut down the Raiders this past week. I mean, I mean, Taysom Hill, he's shown that he's, um, he's good in that he can play well in NFL games and he's ready for these types of situations. And he's 30. He's not, he's not like a rookie or anything. He's like an NFL vet at this point. He's 30 years old. He's pretty much, as you people would say, the prime um, of his career. He's, uh, which is, he, he's not like some, some scrub or anything. He's not like a Jalen Hurts. Right. So he, 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 he's been in the NFL. He knows like what to do. He knows how to be professional. And also, um, it, it takes time for uh, defenses to adjust to these types of players. Like, we saw with Lamar Jackson last year. It took them almost like a whole sixteen games until they got adjusted to them to him in the playoffs. Um, I'll, I'll also like did to you, point did out. You, did you call Jalen Hurts a scrub? No, nah, I'm calling. I call him a rookie. He, he's not. Okay. He's not a. No, nah, I. What do you mean, bro? <laughs> I, I thought that was funny. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah so Jalen like Hurts. I mean, point. we'll see how his uh, career pans out. Hopefully, I'd like to point out. Um... Arya said that Drew Brees was a uh, clutch, but if we if we look back into um, Drew Brees' yeah, playoff yeah, games for the past three years, I mean he's only won once. Out of yeah, four, I mean uh, what, they're kind of unlucky games, games, but he's shown that he can. No, but it, Anker, in, Anker, if you think about it, can I, can I, can I, can I, you go ahead. Back in 2018, if Marcus Williams, the New Orleans free safety, doesn't accidentally hits try to hit stick Stephon Diggs, I mean the Saints are going on to the NFC Championship. And quite possibly the Super Bowl. They were already in the NFC. Yeah, even that um, 
Okay, my memory might be wrong here, but wasn't there that wasn't there that um that terrible PI call? Yeah, there, the, yeah, the yeah, yeah, you're right. yeah. So Drew Brees would have had that extra that extra uh playoff win if it hadn't been for the referees uh, making a mistake, right? So mm-hmm. who knows? Wait, who knows if they would have even scored? I'm not. I'm not saying they wouldn't have, but I mean, yeah, you can't just give them that win. Like, after each mistake in a in a game, you would adjust your game plan. So, like you, you never know, but yeah. like hypothetically, yeah, and we can't ignore you know. the interception he threw uh, in overtime too to help yeah, the Rams have a better but, field position. But what, like, to win the game? Yeah, yeah. All I'm but, saying I is, mean, Ta- uh, uh, t- uh, what's in it? Taysom Hill is a very different look, and uh, yeah. NFL defenses haven't been adjusting to him recently as of late. Exactly. Yeah. So, my- Oh, you go, Shay. Yeah, you can go. My yeah, my only reason to ha- I I I do think obviously obviously Drew Brees is better like overall career wise. He's a generational talent, but I think for this one season, like just this one 2020 season, Taysom was a far better option for the sole reason that defenses have not gotten used to him yet, and that's that's really it. Yeah, yeah. and also they don't have much tape on Taysom Hill, so you can't really study a guy who don't who do you you don't have much tape on, so. That's yeah, one more yeah thing. exactly. Good points across the board. So moving on to another segment, uh, which one uh, do you do you guys want to choose? Fantasy citizen starts or uh, the key matchups of the week? Oh, uh, we can do fantasy. Yeah. So, uh, Arnold, what are your what are your fantasy citizen starts for week thirteen? Okay, I will admit, when it comes to fantasy, I'm an idiot. Okay, so like. For start, my main I, I have two starts planned. My main start, I would say Jacoby Myers. He's a Patriots wide receiver. He's just been proving that he's a very consistent target. And he's playing the Chargers defense. So like I mean, like, that's pretty good. Uh pretty good start, I would say. My next start is interesting because I'm saying start the Raiders defense, which is weird because the Raiders defense has not been playing too well. But at the same time, they're also playing the Jets' offense, which is, like, really bad. So that's a very, like, iffy one. So, I don't know. It, something to think about. And my, my sit is just Big Ben. Like, he's playing against the... Um, football team? Yeah, the football team, who've actually had, like, a decent defense this year. So, yeah, that's pretty much it. I'm not too good at fantasy stuff, so, yeah, that's it. Yeah, the soft facts. Uh, Arv, um, what are your fantasy sits and starts? All right, so last week, I, I think I missed on both of them, but I think this week, I, I'm pretty good, all right? Uh, I think I'll be pretty good this week. So my first sit, it's like a sleeper sit. Nobody really, like, starts him for fantasy. Nobody really cares about him in fantasy. Uh, it's Kirk Cousins. Um, You're like, bro, Kirk Cousins probably, like, one of the... Uh, he hasn't been that great of a... um. A fantasy quarterback but as of late actually the past uh two weeks he's been averaging at least 20 points or 19 points i mean uh so and he's also playing a very bad jaguars defense so that's another plus um so i think uh, you have to start kirk cousins if you're uh if you have a deficiency at quarterback also this is probably gonna be a surprise to a lot of you but sit ezekiel elliott I know it's, he he's probably he's probably been the most consistent running back in fantasy for the past few years. Uh but I would honestly I'm not really high on uh, Ezekiel Elliott. He's pl- he's been very inconsistent. 
even with um, Andy Dalton returning, uh, the run game has not in- uh, increased. Even uh, probably due mostly due to the fact of uh, that the O line has undergone many changes, uh, and he's also playing a very good Ravens uh, D line. Um, and uh, running backs tend to struggle against that D line. So unless he gets a touchdown, which I highly doubt it, uh, I think you should uh, definitely sit him for this week and probably find another uh, running back. Probably actually Latavius Murray um, might may be a good pickup off waivers if he's still there uh, to replace Ezekiel Elliott. So uh, start Kirk Cousins against the Jaguars and sit Ezekiel Elliott versus the Ravens. All right, all right. Uh... Now, uh, Aria, what are your thoughts on fantasy sets and starts? Yeah, so uh, last week in our first episode, I actually got both of my starts um, pretty uh, pretty correctly. Um, Austin's defense and Justin's Jefferson, they both did pretty well. So, I mean, who knows? Maybe that guessing streak will continue. But my start for the week is Tyler Lockett versus the Giants. Um, as, we, as we know, the Giants' secondary isn't that good. I mean, they have James Bradbury, who I think leads the league in uh, pass deflections. But I think James Bradbury will most likely be co- um, covering DK Metcalf. And besides, DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett usually switch off on um, good and bad games. I think uh, this matchup against the Giants is um, Tyler Lockett's turn to pop off. And my sit of the week is James Conner versus the Washington football team. Um, I mean, James Conner is kind of an average running back for the season in fantasy. I mean, he's not bad, but he's not going to do you any great things. Um, plus, the Washington football team, their defense has stepped up as of late. Um, you know, they have a really good D-line with Chase, Chase Young, Ryan Kerrigan. Um, so I doubt James Conner is going to do well. So I'll sit James Conner. And uh, yeah, right. that's... That's my stuff. <clears throat> all right. These are all good takes. Yeah, I think we all agree that Arya is the fantasy genius here. So I would I would listen to him the most. Yeah. Mean. Yep. <laughs> I mean uh I, mean, I, I wouldn't count on it, but two for two last Your week. choice. Yeah. Pretty well. I, I doubt yep. I doubt I'd go we'll see, we'll see. again. But we'll see. We'll see. Key. I'm not gonna count my eggs before I put them in the basket, though. So yeah, we'll see what so happens. That's pretty good saying. So to end off the episode, let's go to our uh, last segment: uh, key games of the week. So, uh, or what is your key matchup of week thirteen? My key matchup of week thirteen is the Cleveland Browns at the Tennessee Titans. So currently, the Cleveland Browns are sitting at eight and three, second place in the very competitive AFC North. And the Tennessee Titans are also sitting at 8 and 3 in a pretty cons- uh, competitive AFC South. So, the key matchup that I'm going to highlight for this uh, matchup is Derrick Henry versus the Browns uh, D line. And especially since Miles Garrett is finally making his return to play after being on the COVID um, IR list, um, he's definitely going to make an impact. Um, so, the Browns recently, they've they are on a good win streak of a win streak of three, which may seem good to the normal uh, fan's eye. But if you really look at how they're winning and who they're playing, 
Um, it's really not that impressive. The past few weeks, they've played teams like the Philadelphia Eagles and the Jacksonville Jaguars. They've barely eked out wins from both of those games and in a very unconvincing manner. Um, on, and they, have a very, they do have a very stout run game, but they've also shown that they're very one-sided. Baker Mayfield has been, has been very inconsistent with his play and has shown that he can't really lead an offense. And the Browns have been heavily relying on that run, run game um, with Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. And now on the other side, the Titans just came off a great win against the Indianapolis Colts and that great defense in Indianapolis. And we've we've currently we're recently we've been seeing Derrick Henry play monster games, and as we're getting into this, the month of December, he's gonna probably continue that. So I'm looking forward to see Derrick Henry against that D line, and I see Derrick Henry going uh, on another monster game. So I see the Titans winning against the Browns by a score of ten. Um, so yeah, that's yep, my matchup. Uh, <clears throat> also, Derrick Henry's also in the MVP conversation because uh, of last week's game. Yeah. So how about we go to Arnov? What's your key matchup of the week? Um. Yeah. So mine is Bills at Niners. Uh, for two reasons. Number one is due to all the Santa Clara COVID regulations, they can't be playing at home. So the Niners are going to take their home field to Arizona. So they'll be playing in Arizona, not in Santa Clara. Second reason, which is far more important, is this game will have huge playoff. It not it, it won't have, but it could have. It could have huge playoff implications for both teams since Bills are first in the AFC East. They're sitting at eight and three, but second place is the Dolphins, who are at seven and four. So that's a huge game. That's just like very close. Niners, on the other hand. Are the opposite. They're last in the NFC West, but the NFC West is super um, competitive, and no single team has, in particular, broken away from the rest of the pack. Niners are five and six; they're last. Cardinals are uh, the second to last team; they're six and five. So basically, if the Niners win this game and the Cards lose their upcoming game, that's a tie in that one spot. So Niners could definitely make one last final shot at the playoffs. So in the end, this is kind of a make-or-break game for the Niners. But yeah, that's it. <clears throat> yeah, really interesting game. Uh, how about Arya? What's your key matchup? Uh, yeah, so my key matchup of the week is actually Rams versus Cardinals. Um, so this is a very significant game for um, the outcome of the NFC West um, and playoff seeding in the NFC as a whole. Because, I mean, the NFC West is a very hot and competitive division. Um, and uh, I, could, I could see this game going both ways. But ultimately, I'm going to pick the Rams because I think they have a better shot at shutting down the Cardinals. For example, um, they have Aaron Donald, who is like easily a top five player in the NFL as a whole. And he can definitely shut down Kyler Murray. And we also have Jalen Ramsey, who can also easily shut down DeAndre Hopkins. So um, I think those matchups say a lot about this game. And the Rams' offense is actually pretty good, too. They uh, were productive last week against the game, in the game against the Bucks. 
Um, they have people like Cooper Cup, Robert Woods, Daryl Henderson, Cam Akers. I mean, they're not scrubs. They can do their job very well. So, I mean, it's going to be close, but I think I'm going to pick Rams maybe by a field goal. Um, so, yeah, that's, that's my key game of the week. All right. Uh, does anybody have anything else to add? Yeah, I just want to add, I forgot to add, like, um, who's going to win, who I think is going to win. I'm saying I think Niners are going to win because it really seems as if they're coming back to their last season's form, where they were, like, the best team, basically, in the league. Because, you know, Raheem Mostert's come, come back, same with Sherman. Like, their players are all coming back. So I think the Niners will win by a field goal, like a last game-winning drive field goal. Because with Josh Allen, the Bills QB, you can never really count him out. So I think it'll be like a really close game to the end. But yeah, that's it. All right. Yeah, I think I think uh, the Niners are have a much better flow than the Bills. And the Niners are definitely more hungry than the Bills. Yeah, and, you know, true. hungry dogs run faster, yeah, you know. That's facts. You know what I'm saying? And um, I think, uh, should we end it here? Yep. So uh, thank you for tuning in to uh, yeah. Sack the Podcast Episode 2. And we will see you next week. Thank you. Peace. Peace.